Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 210 of the Codex Prime podcast for Tuesday, July 7th, 2020. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, and with me as always is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's happening, everybody? Yes, and as you can see, we ha- joining us in the studio via Zoom, uh, we have a, a very special guest. He is a, a comic book author and creator of the series Okimus. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for T.J. Sterling. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, everybody? How's everyone doing? Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah. It's sure, a car showing the collection. <laughs> <laughs> my double, my two. Word up. My two issues are... Are you guys going to steal them? My two is it. My two issues are number zero, including the one that you signed. I wrote Island Comic Con. And as y'all, t- you all, you know, talk amongst yourselves, I'll be right back in a minute. I just got to take care of something right, right, right quick, but I'll be right back. Carl, the floor is no yours. No problem. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you for being on, being, being on with us. So, yeah, uh, tell the people about yourself, TJ. Uh, yeah, I'd love to, man. Again, I appreciate, you know, you guys having me on the show. Again, my name is TJ Sterling. I'm the president and lead artist of uh, Ray Comics. Um, Ray Comics has uh, been around for a couple of years, and we've been uh, basically making, you know, stories about characters of color doing amazing things. Um, the long of the short, that's the long of the short. Um, Okamus is our main title. It's a sci-fi martial art action story about a young man who has a latent superhuman ability that could potentially save the human race. Currently, we're on issue four of uh, our um, ongoing series, Okamus, and uh, we've got a whole bunch of other titles that are in the works right now. Um, again, we, we basically make all of our all of our comics are basically about characters of color doing really amazing things and uh, in a positive light. So, um, really happy to be on the show and be able to talk with you guys about some of the cool stuff we got going on. Yeah, it's, it's amazing too because I mean you. Uh you did stop. You did. I remember when you was at Rhode Island Comic Con. You did stop me and you, was, you know, tell me about Ultimates. And I'm like, you know what? This is something I can dig. So you know, you you uh, sold me the first issue, and I got on the mailing list. And then what? And then I've been I've been like hooked. And then once you had that, I was you know blessed enough to uh, win the giveaway that you had about a month or two back. And I appreciate that because. Once I got a ball, I was just like, I was like right in it, man. Um, so I'm actually curious. I was actually curious. Is some of the, is some of the characters are from Okamis based on you, like your life, in any way, shape, or form? Um, I wouldn't. I would say not really. I mean. Uh, first of all, I want to say I appreciate you for taking the time to talk with me at Rhode Island Comic Con. And shout out to the folks at Rhode Island Comic Con. I actually really like that show, and I'm hoping that it'll be back next year along with all the other cons. Um, a lot of good people out there. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, man, um, I'm happy that you, you won the giveaway because I really wanted you know everybody who entered the giveaway to actually get the whole story. Obviously, there was only four winners, but... You know, you can see that the story itself, um, there's lots of underlying concepts. And I think the one concept that I relate to most is that, you know, we all have a uh, deep down, we have a, uh, you know, a lot of us have a dark side, you know, that can be awakened by some type of an adverse struggle of some sort. Or if we're in a situation where um, things are not really on our side or they're maybe against us. 
you know, we have the ability to, um, A, awaken that part of us and kind of rise to the occasion because I think you'll see within Okamus, you know, these, you know, hunter uh, characters have come from this dark future to try to acquire whatever ability that Kale has, but he's not, you know, no ho. Like, you know what I'm saying? He doesn't just lay down. He does, you know, a, a part of him awakens and he is able to fend off these, these characters and uh, successfully, you know, stay alive. But under the same t- at the same token, that uh, the inner darkness, that inner, inner power kind of overtakes him and he becomes, you know, something else. Yeah, so I see. And I see. Yeah, so um, are you actually, like, what What are some of the things that actually, like, inspire your, um, I say, like, your story? Because I know you, read, you wrote um, most of the story, you know, as well as the art, but, yeah, some of the stories. So did you do you get any, like, inspiration from, you know, like, things that are happening in our own backyard or things that are happening around the world or so forth? Absolutely. I mean, to me, um, you know, when you think about, when I think about the stuff that's going on in the world right now with police brutality and and young black men being targeted, you know, for no other reason other than, you know, obviously racism, but really I think even the core of that is the fear. You know, they're afraid of the greatness that we have deep locked within us. And it's the exact same thing that you see in Okamist, that these authoritarian type figures are, you know, on a mission to, you know, acquire this, you know, power that the young kid has, and they're afraid of what he could become. And then we, we see that, you know, them provoking him and pushing him when he was minding his own business, you know, uh, made him evolve into this, you know, next stage of, of evolution. And, you know, he's at, at that point extremely formidable. And I think we're seeing on the news, we're seeing across the world that, you know, our people are being, have been, you know, we've always been targeted, but I think now it's become hyper visible with social media. And with that, you know, you get a lot of people who, you know, the sleeping giant is being awakened as, as I guess you could say, and we're just no longer, um, you know, going to take this type of treatment and we're not, you know, going to stand for it. And I think it's beautiful to watch you know, how many people have, you know, come to protest and to, you know, have our backs, you know what I'm saying, as well as just the youth and what they're able to do with social media to continue to drive this conversation forward. Right, and, you know, and it's very, and it's amazing how, like, you, how, you know, you know how they say representation matters, and they're using, you know, and you're using that, you know, through comics. You don't see, you know, too, not too many black you know, comic book characters, and it's nice to see that. Not to mention, you know, not only that you're independent, but yet, you know, you're 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 representing us, you know, in the most positive light. But um, who were your uh, like who were your like comic book influences growing up? Um, I'm a, I, I really came up in the '90s collecting comics. I mean, I started in like '88, '89, and then really started getting heavy in like 1990, '91. And back then it was, you know, the, the Todd McFarlane's and the Jim Lee's and uh, um, the Arthur Adams. Um, those guys were some of my favorite. But then I also got really inspired by the manga artists of that time, you know, whether it was, you know, Dragon Ball or, um, you know, Berserk. I mean, mangas that have been going on for long, long periods of time were obviously my favorite. And I just love 
the detail and the energy that was in the in those works, and that's really what inspired me at the time to create a book that you know could kind of you know mix those two environments. Because I mean, Oakmus really has you know Eastern elements in terms of like you know visual, the look, as well as the storytelling, and then you know the way the art's drawn. The the concept of it is very American comics. I'm kind of splicing these two types of genres together. Okay, and um, so how and also um, so how did uh, Ray Comics come about? Well, Ray Comics started out as Red Arsis Entertainment, and that was uh, Arsis being a um, Latin word for um, uh, fortress or stronghold or inn, and I you know kind of like a house if you will, and I wanted to have like a house of creative ideas. So and I obviously wanted to bring the heat, so that's where the red came from, and over time. I just kind of shortened that to Ray Comics because, you know, we're not just, uh, you know, we're, you know we're, we're an entertainment company, so Ray Comics is one arm of the business, and obviously we're looking into more things like animation and gaming, and we've already got toys and, you know, T-shirts and, you know, apparel and a few other things out, so we're doing multiple different things, and, uh, yeah, it's it's just the acronym itself, Ray Comics, is, you know, to, to describe the larger entity. So, um, so besides um, Okemis, what other uh, titles do you have under the uh, Ray Comics uh, banner? Right now, we've got about four different titles in the works. I mean, my thing was always telling one story really, really well and building a universe around that story, and that's what Okemis is about. So, last couple of years, I've been traveling to cons all over the country and um, getting people into the story and excuse me, into the universe of Okemis and what those characters were about. And eventually we're going to have a uh, spinoff series about the female lead character that's technically a villain in the Okemis story. Her stripes kind of change a little bit. She becomes a hero in her own story. So we'll have a female superhero book, which will be like our Wonder Woman, you know, within the Ray Comics universe. And uh, we're also working on a uh, book called Okemis Dark History, which is the history behind Kale's parents because, you know, Kale is an actual orphan in the Oakland right. story. He doesn't know who his parents are. And uh, there's this thing that we allude to, the fact that, you know, his parents aren't even from that time period. So we actually get to explore what that looks like in the Oakland Stark history, you know, series, which is going to be released as a uh, hundred page trade paperback graphic novel which should be, you know, out within the next year and a half. I mean, we're about halfway done with that right now. And um, we've got Sean Hill on the penciling and the Zong Brothers on the colors, and they're absolutely just killing it, man. They're doing such a great job. And um, the work is beautiful. It's highly detailed, and the world itself is extremely rich. So I'm really looking forward to sharing that with you guys. It's probably a little bit more around the corner than anything. Um, we do have a space book that we're getting ready to drop, actually, where it's um, young black kids in space, you know, basically fighting a um, an, an evil empire. But they're all, you know, pilots, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I, and it's going to be um, spliced with musical elements, too, because me and my brother, um, Spencer, J. Spencer Sterling, work, we co-wrote that story together, and he's a music producer by trade. So we're actually adding in a... Uh, musical and lyrical component to that as well and then we have two other books that we're working on but i can't really talk about because they're they're in you know super uh you know back you know um was it backroom production stages or whatever uh-huh. okay 
Yeah, kind of thought we were special for a little bit, but um, so yeah, these. I gave these, you a lot, yeah. So these are lots of questions that we like to ask our guests, just to more like to you know have some fun and um, break to uh, kind of like break you know break the ice a bit. And these are just questions that we always we always ask. So um, not sure if you're a gamer, but PlayStation or Xbox. Oh man, that's tough. Um, I have to say PlayStation, man. Um, they just have more, more of my favorite games on it. They even have vintage games that they've kind of like retroed and put on discs that were eventually before on cartridges. And I just don't recall Xbox doing the same thing. So I guess I'd have to go with PlayStation. Okay, all right. Marvel or DC? Oh, that's rough. Um, are we talking comic books or are we talking films? Both. We get yeah, we'll do uh, comics first. Okay, so uh, for comics, oh man, that's tough. I would say I've collected more DC books than Marvel. I mean, I feel like Marvel characters are a lot more relatable on a personal level, but to me, some of the stories that DC created over the last, you know, 20 plus years were just incredible, whether it's Kingdom Come or Superman Red Sun or um, Batman Gotham by Gaslight or, you know, there's so many, you know, the long Halloween, there's, you know, uh, what is it called, um, Dark Knight Returns, so many incredible stories that just, you know, were, to me, some of the most powerful stories ever written, and a lot of that happened in DC, and Marvel has some too, but I just, I'd say I'd have to go with DC. In terms of movies, though... Marvel's movies are way better. <laughs> way better. I think they, yeah, no, uh, there's no contest on that one. <laughs> that's pretty much a universal fact. Sorry, sorry, John Aponic, who's a friend of the show, our super villain, as we like to call him. All right, now here's uh, here's our usual, the usual big debate between Vic and I. We actually just debated about this again last week. Mm. Pineapple pizza, yes or no? Pineapple pizza? I mean, to me, you know, Hawaiian pizza is the bomb. So, I mean, like, uh, if, it, if it's Hawaiian pizza, cool. But if it's not, if it's pineapple or just on regular pizza, I don't I don't think so. Big has an ally. Yeah, Hawaiian, <laughs> Hawaiian pizza is where it's at. You know, and I always tell people it depends on where you get it and how it's made, you know. I said you can't you can't just take pineapple from a can and just dump it on the pie. It doesn't work that way. Nah. <laughs> it always tastes funny when it's like that. It has to be like legit, like rings or something. It has to be cut. Like it has to be like a fresh pineapple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, I've been doing the the, the, the non dairy thing for a while, trying to like you know what I'm saying get it to just help your eating and living and stuff. So I haven't had pineapple pizza in years, but. Mm-hmm. Um, that and then like all meat pizza was probably my favorite with ranch. Like those are the two we're talking about pizza. Yeah. <laughs> I used to do, I used to do a chicken bacon ranch. I haven't had that in a long time. I'm actually pretty I'm actually pretty much overdue. But uh, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> you're from Chicago, correct? Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yeah. Grand Rapids, Michigan. Oh, okay. So what are some of your um what are some of your favorite comic shops that are out there? Um, the comic book shop I grew up going to was Argos Collectors Comic and Card uh, Collectors. Oh, I'm sorry, 
Argos Comic and Car and um, Argos Bookstore and then Tardy's Collector's Corner. There's a couple of ones that I was kind of mixing. I apologize, but those two were the, the stores that I used to go to growing up and um, loved it because they're still the same. They're exactly the same as they were 30 years ago, which is crazy to me. They smell the same. The floors treat the same. The book layout of how they sell their books is exactly the same. It's pretty wild. But in Michigan, there's a huge um, like comic book community. People love comics out there. It's just one of those things that people are always trying to get into the business of making comics. Yeah, I actually heard, uh, I'm not sure if you're a wrestling fan, but there was a wrestler named R- uh, Rob Van Dam who actually owned a uh, comic book store somewhere out there. Um, that was something I heard, but I'm not sure if it's still around or not. Um, yeah, I'll have sure. to, uh, I, I, if, it, if, it's, if it's the first time I'm thinking it is, then you know I'd have to reach out and ask him because I mean, like, I'm curious whether he had, had a store, like what that store looked like and what it was about because I didn't even know that. Uh, I'm actually looking it up right now. Uh, so, Carl, have you read all the issues of Okamus? I have. So, so as a uh, a reader, you know, tell me what your thoughts are on you know the story, the storytelling, the story overall from start to where you're at. Well, from the beginning until where we're at now. Um. I was get I was a bit confused at first because of the timeline because it did start into that distant future, so like like That's in, right. um, in uh, issue zero in issue zero, so I'm just like all right, but I mean I was very captivated by the art. You did an amazing job with that. So then, after a while, once it went back to the uh, modern times, I started to. Um, I was a, I was able to relate to the main character Kale, but then you know there was that sense of curiosity, like wondering, okay, where is he from? You know, he was an orphan, but yet you said that his parents were from that dark future, but then there's still no like, there's still no, there's no story behind it. But like there is a story, but it just hasn't been revealed yet. So as I kept reading. Know, out and getting to know getting to know him more and actually seeing him evolve to much you know um, as he was as he was um, getting jumped by the hunters and he was becoming you know more and more aggressive and developing into these different forms I'm just it got me more curious to, like okay like okay what is this guy really about what is this future about where how did he get his powers like is he um like, I don't want to say mutant, but that's kind of the closest comparison, is it? Like, is he was he mutant? Was he born with these powers? Um, did he get them by like an injection as as an infant somehow, some way? Um, like I said, my yeah. So my curious has like has peaked. So I'm just like I'm ready for issue five just to see like all right, is there any more issues? And now that you told me that there's gonna be uh, an origin story. You know, I'm definitely, definitely looking forward to that. Thank you, man. And, and I'm glad you went in depth on that. It is a little uh, different for a lot of folks. I think the biggest thing that I always get when I'm at a con or when I'm doing a signing is that people are curious about the universe because we're telling a story very in a, in a very nonlinear way. Right. So we're 
showing you in the Alchemist issue zero, you see the main character while he's actually an older person, where he's like in his 40s almost. And he's a fully fledged hero toward the end of his journey. And he actually acquires this, you know, almost godlike power toward the end of that issue. And then through that, he actually flies off to, you know, on a mission to destroy the Alchemist complex. Versus, you know, you know, in the beginning, he wanted to figure out what it was about, and he went from wanting to figure it out, you know, to wanting to destroy it. So there's also something that's happened there that I'm going to explore further in issue five. Issue five is going to actually tie together the issue zero arc, okay? Because that's technically it's almost like a different arc of a story, and then it'll tie, you know, one through six to that universe so you'll see exactly what's going on and uh yeah but i I, for me it's like when i read comics i I love the mystery component i love not being told like okay this is an origin story you know the planet explodes the 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 ship fucking shoots to earth and then you know he you know wakes up superhuman like to me it's, it's so like done and basic and you know he's been bit by a spider like they're just these origin stories are so um Again, they're just very redundant, and you can almost, you know, uh, guess what's going to happen before it even happens. And for me, like, I never wanted to tell a story that someone could guess what's going to happen. And I think uh, that's what's made it so popular that people want to come back and read it every year. Right, because it also keeps the it keeps the readers guessing. And then, like, yeah, it appears like there's plot holes, but then it's like, all right, these plot holes will be will be filled. But it keeps you like you're anticipating that fulfillment. If you get, you know, that's right. So yeah, uh, man. I, to me, it's like I said, it's all about the payoff. And I think when people see what what happens at the end of issue five, it's going to be pretty. It's going to be pretty wild. It's going to be like because I, I, I like starting out. I think of like big budget movies, right? Like you almost want to see the big budget part of it first the action the explosions and then from there you get some of the calmer moments where it's like there's conversation and talking and, and a little bit more retrospective stuff that goes on so a little bit of what i'm giving you guys and um like i said five and six are going to be pretty powerful and you're going to really see what that's all about and really five is more um again probably is that connective tissue that you know we're talking about right now Right, and then but there was one, there was one thing though, and I was, I was actually, and this may be a spoiler for spoiler for Vic, and I'm sorry about it, but there was his friend from the orphanage, but then I believe she ended up like having powers too, but then she ends up getting killed. Well, she didn't have any power. She just no, she, honestly got caught up. She got caught in the wrong, the wrong place at the wrong time. Oh. And uh, that, uh, again, like, when you saw at that scene, you know, she she and Kale, like, Kale was the, the intended target, but she was just too close to him at the time, and she absorbed the uh, the power of that blast, and, you know, unfortunately, it ended up taking her life, And but Kale was not hurt by it, like, he was more, he was hurt by it, but it was more of an emotional hurt, because, again, the only person that he's been able to count on was this particular friend of his that he grew up with. And uh, that's kind of a little bit of an ode to my relationship with my good friend, Nadia, who I worked with at Marvel and we've been friends for like a decade. 
Um, it's a little bit of an ode to our relationship as friends. But um, again, uh, when you the only person you can call family member is gone, you know what type of anger can brew, and I think that's what you see ends up happening to Kale at the very end of that issue. That you know his anger pushes him to a whole other level of power where he can't even control himself, where he's, you know, and I think you've seen, you saw it in the black and white edition, and it'd be even more clear in the color edition, you know, how much destruction this guy causes when he's not even in control of the power that he, you know, he has within his own body. Right, right. I mean, I lost my train of thought. I really did lose it. <laughs> Yeah, hey, TJ. But, yeah, so you actually, wait, go ahead, Vic. Oh, I was going to ask, um, yeah, if you can, because, uh, like, like hearing you describe the story and, and, and Okamis and your work, it, it sounds really intriguing with, like, the time travel, sort of like a flash-forward aspect, if, if you will. Um, can, can you talk, talk to us a bit about your, your creative process, like, from, from conception to creation, like, as far as, like, generating ideas or some of your biggest challenges, like, because uh, you know, because you know how they say, it's been said that, you know, you know, as, as, as far as ideas go, it's not what you do, but how you do it. Um, are there any, any right. challenges that you, that you come across as far as, like, generating ideas, like, or, like, writer's block, and how do you get through it? Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that question, man. And honestly, I, uh, I've i always been, the first thing to answer your question about time travel, like I've always been fascinated with the concept of time travel, what that's about, alternate timelines. I mean, I was a huge, you know, Back to the Future head when I was younger. Um, still love those movies. I mean, you know, uh, to me, alternate timelines are just like a really cool, you know, way to, introduce different parts of, you know, the story and different, you know, versions of the character. And, you know, I was thinking about this stuff. I think a lot of, you know, artists were thinking about these things even before Flashpoint came around. And I think as cool as Flashpoint is, to me, it's like, uh, I, I, like, I just have certain issues with the character of the Flash and just, you know, they, the fact that, uh, just to me, it's like, you know, if you run as fast as, you know, you said they run, like his knees would have given out at some point and it's like sort of disintegrated like certain things to me just don't make as much sense but it's kind of like just believing it and walking you know just take just going with the story as is but ultimately um the idea that uh alternate timelines can be changed by one person or you know an action of one can you know sprout off different timelines is always something i've been fascinated with that i've been trying to insert into this book. And I think for me, Okamis has always been the story that I want to tell, like the ultimate story. So what's the, what are, what are my favorite things? So I did martial arts for 10 years. So I throw in some martial arts stuff, you know what I'm saying? Cause I love that. Like I love time travel. So I throw that in there. I love the Sentai genre with like Kamen Rider and the Giver and Power Rangers. So I, I throw mixes of that in there. You know what I'm saying? Like I love, um, the whole Dragon Ball Z, uh, you know, the internal, you know, chi or key energy. I love that. So, like, I threw that in there because it's just something I love. So, to me, like, if you're telling a story that you find to be really cool and has all the elements that you like, the ideas um, kind of, like, are always around. They're floating up there in your head. And you just have to reach out and grab one. Um, I think for me, uh, in terms of, like, staying creative and staying inspired with ideas, it's like you have to think about what story you haven't told. 
what would be a cool story featuring, you know, black folks that are doing dope, really dope shit. And it's like, how, like, what story have I not told yet? So every time I come to the drawing board with a new idea or a new concept, it's always that same thing. What is the story that I have not told? So we haven't done a space book at Ray Comics yet. And to me, I don't even think of one really dope space pilot book with young kids in these really cool ships doing amazing things. So I wanted to create one and that's what we're doing. And, um, that should be debuting next year, which I'm really excited about. Um, like I said, uh, I love post-apocalyptic future stuff, so I have all these ideas of what that would look like. What would Kale's parents look like? You know, it, you know, it, it, and if we know that Kale's an orphan, we see in issue one that you know he was found in an alley on some type of a futuristic circular disc. You know, what I'm saying as if he traveled there somehow. You know, we don't, like how did that even happen? You know, what I'm saying like, but those questions are going to be answered. In you know that uh, that origin story of, of Okamis and that, that that dark history, if you will. Um, but yeah, I think everyone has lots of great ideas. You just have to entertain them, and then you know, writing your ideas down is like your your best friend. If you have a dream about an idea, write it down. If you're you know in the shower and you have an idea, write it down as soon as you can. <laughs> um, if you're, you know, wh whenever you, an idea strikes you, you got to take it down because I think that's your subconscious brain telling you um, that, Hey, this is a really dope thought. You know, we need to entertain this a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So uh, hopefully that answers your question. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And cause I'm always fascinated by, um, as we've talked with uh, different creators on, on our show, on our show, I'm always been fascinated by the process itself of just generating ideas and creating and creating uh, ideas and also you know how do you kind of like the question of like how, how do you go about you know revi or visiting ideas that maybe maybe like part of you as a writer or a creator believes that oh man this has been well well worn well traveled ground before i don't know if i can say anything new about about this or x y and z um so that's always that's always been fascinating to me because there's there's so many stories out there and there's so many ways of telling you know familiar stories as well. Um, that that also makes me think, think of another uh, another question or challenge. Like um, as as you've as you've come up with ideas uh, for your comic, have, have there been times where where you where you've come up with an idea and it's and it's really dope, it's really hot, but then all of a sudden there's some other creator who has something similar and they have it published, whether it's a TV show or a book or a film, and it's like, damn, I, I, I had something like that, and all of a sudden it's just out in the ether. Yeah, I, I um, I luckily I haven't run into that problem. I think, but I've been really quick to jump on my ideas. Like as soon as I have an idea. Because I've always been told, because I mean, I come from a family of creatives. I mean, my aunt is a uh, who who helped me sort of like put my business together when I was young, um, helped me understand what that was all about. She's a you know a seasoned painter, and you know she sells her work all over the country. And you know she was one of the very few people, along with my art teachers, that said as soon as you have an idea and it you know gestates in here, it's in the universe, it's up in the air. So if you don't act on it as quickly as you can, it be, can can you know basically be taken by anybody. Um, it's just how it works. So, like I said, all of my ideas I've acted on pretty quickly, and I think that's really something that, um, uh, what is it called, is um, has been you know helpful for you know the stories that we're telling because everybody who does 
you know, pick up Okamis and reads it and, you know, says the character designs are original, the stories are pretty unique, you know, we have some similar concepts because obviously a team that comes, you know, a biomechanic, like a, a, a ranger-esque or a common rider type team is not like a unheard of thing, but usually they're the heroes. So it's like I kind of take that type of thing that I like that I think is really cool and I completely flip that and they're actually the villains. And their suits aren't, you know, powered by jewels or crit. Well, they're, they're powered by something else other than, you know, a morpher or, or you know, a, a, a wrist thing or whatever. So we take things that are kind of similar, but then play on that and then add to it and make it a little bit better. And, you know, some people have looked at, you know, the work and, and I, 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 I've get, gotten this a lot. Like, oh, this is like a doper version of like Spider-Man and the Power Rangers or Spawn or something. Like I've heard that numerous times because, you know, people see the similarities of that 90s style design on the characters, which I love because that's from my era. Um, but at the same time, they see the difference. And I think as long as you are as a creator, not doing something derivative and you, and you can't, and see perfect example, um, well, you, you can't, be surprised if you do something that's kind of, you know, that could be figured out. Like, for example, like the stealth book that, you know, was done by, um, I believe it was Walter or Walter. Um, I can't remember his full name, but there's an independent book called Stealth that came out and it's a really dope book. The artwork's great. And then Image comes out with a book called Stealth and the character looks almost exactly like the independent comic book character. Mm. And, I think when that first happened, a lot of us within the indie comic book community were a little upset about that because we all, you know, feel that same type of hit together. But at the same time, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, stealth, it's, there's an attractive thing about stealth, whether it's planes or ships, like have a stealth mode. There's always like a cool stealth thing. And I think like if you are, you're taking a chance by naming a character stealth because you know, someone else could come up with it. You know, you just, you just don't know because it's like me calling, you know, my character, the mad clown or something like it could, somebody could just easily do that. Or you could call it serious clown or evil clown. And it, it has a similar vibe to it. So, you know, no disrespect at all to the original self creator. Cause I love that book. I'm just saying that, um, you know, we have to do our absolute best to like really push the limits of, you know, making our books extremely different. Like, they have to be wildly different. They have to be out there to the point where there's nothing like it on the market. There's nothing that has that feel, that storytelling, and nothing has that type of pull, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so what are you currently reading right now? Um, right now, I'm reading a lot of indie stuff, man. Um, shoot, I... Uh, I was finishing up Crescent City Monsters by my boy Newton. Um, it's not on the Weird Spider by my boy Greg. Um, I was reading The Search for uh, Sadika by um, Greg Burnham, who's a personal friend of mine. Um, shout out to his brother Kelly Solis Burnham, who's uh, putting his own book together right now. Um, what's it called? Uh, well, I just supported a couple of Kickstarter campaigns. So, like, I'm always reading indie stuff, man. I feel like. Um, most of the newer Marvel and DC stuff is cool. I just haven't, you know, picked it up in a while because I've been focusing on making my own, you know? Yeah. You know, you've either heard, like, 
there's some musicians like I was listening to this interview with Missy Elliott a while ago, maybe a couple of years ago, because she was coming out with a new project. And she was like, yeah, anytime I get into the creation mode, coming out with a new record, I don't listen or, or or look at anyone else's body of work because I don't want that to be influencing my stuff. So I can I think I take the same model. Like when I'm creating creating a new book. Like I very rarely read or look at anyone else's work just because I want to like have a genuine artistic expression. Yeah, yeah, that definitely makes sense. I also want to recommend to you, um, and maybe you probably heard of him, Agent Solo by Raymond Leonard. I think I've heard of that. I'll have to check it out. Agent Solo. Yeah, we actually had him on this show. He's in. Yeah, he's uh, selling his book on Indiegogo. We actually had him on the show last month i believe yeah a month two months mm-hmm. ago maybe yeah so, that one i think you would i think you would enjoy that one i appreciate that man i'll definitely check it out for sure mm-hmm. yeah. and all that so um i once again i lost my train of thought do you have anything else Vic? yeah um yeah what are some uh what are some indie indie brands or indie comics that you'd recommend uh, for us to check out, whether it's like past or present? Like, like um, well, definitely the ones that I mentioned before. Um, one of the people who I really admire in the business that's always doing something amazing is uh, Gray Williamson. Um, Gray Williamson is a veteran comic book artist that's been around for a while that does a lot of amazing work. I mean, his book uh, Valmar the Accursed. Uh, I think that's the name of it, but it's Valmar, V-A-L-M-A-R, and that book is incredible. The work is absolutely beautiful. Um, Roosevelt Pitt has tons of books, but his Purge series is incredible, Purge Blackout. Um, I know he's got another book that he's going to do a Kickstarter for called Dynamo is on. I mean, he's got lots of great titles, and um, what's it called? Uh, He's been doing it since the 90s, too. I mean, I think... Roosevelt Pitt's first comic book um, of, uh, what is it called, uh, Purge, sold like a million copies back in like 1992. Mm. So, I mean, he's got like a serious following and he's a super dope guy, man. He's cool as hell and um, just down-to-earth individual. So I definitely enjoy Roosevelt's work. So Roosevelt Pitt, Gray Williamson, um, anything that Machindo Kuomba uh, comes out with, you gotta pick that up because I know he's got a book coming out pretty soon. So definitely shout out to Machindo. Um, trying to think, uh, there's so many dope creators, man. Um, I'm just trying to think. It's hard to come up with all of them at the same time. But those are the ones that are popping into my head that I definitely, you know, have you guys recommend and you know check that out. Is there a website where I can just like strictly find um, indie, like indie creators, like a community where indie creators can come? to? can come to that um are you saying is there a website that has that currently yeah i don't believe so i mean i think really most of indie most indie creators that i'm mentioning and a lot more most of them are congregating on facebook within you know the uh facebook groups so if you're in there's lots of different, you know, black comic book facebook groups that have lots of different stuff that people are always posting and stuff like that so um, that's really the place to find them. And, uh, I think, I mean, I did a post about this, maybe, I think maybe two, maybe, maybe about a month ago, I did a post, like, you know, drop all the names of like the independent black comic creators and like that 
as I, we, we have like a thousand comments on so mad people on that list too but there's quite a few people who did that that you know that um that post so if you look you know we're we're definitely on there quite a bit okay yeah i think yeah because i actually did what well, i actually did a post similar to that like maybe a few weeks Word. ago i had the uh Okuma series that you in that post, but yeah, I'm gonna have to look out for that post that you put up about a month. You said like a month ago. Yeah, it's about a month ago for sure. If you scroll down on my feed, um, yeah, I've been I haven't been as active on Facebook because I've actually like, within the last couple months just because I'm actually finishing up another book. Um, and usually during that time, I'm you know in the trenches trying to figure, you know finish everything up. But um, yeah, man, it's on there. Definitely scroll down, take a look. Um, there's lots of great uh, creators in there that are doing some really awesome stuff, so please feel free to check it out. Okay, definitely, definitely. Um, that's pretty much it for me. Anything else you got, Vic? Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to go back. Um, I know you, you mentioned uh, post-apocalyptic uh, uh, fiction is was it one of your favorite uh, types of stories or genres. Um, Let's see. Speaking, yes, sir. Yep. Speaking of which, there's one. There's one comic from Image that it was. It was. It was a short, short-lived one, which is pretty unique. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Skyward. Uh, it's by Joe Henderson. Skyward. I have not heard of it. Yeah, I, I would recommend. I would recommend checking that out. That's a very unique uh, take on uh, on the post-apocalyptic genre. It's basically um, takes place in, in an Earth where where there's no more gravity. And so anything that's not tied down or tethered down is just floats out into space, and it was, it was wow. yeah it, it was a really dope concept and uh, and the main character is this uh, this young black woman who's trying to um, travel cross country, and the whole and the whole uh, whole series is kind of like you know kind of just depict kind of like a lot of great world building seeing like what the effects of like low to zero gravity has on the world and like what happens if you're traveling like just rural rural like flatlands like that's like probably the most some of the most dangerous places you can travel versus like high rises in like downtown cities and whatnot it, it was a very unique take and like yeah it, yeah it was only 15 issues long i thought it was gonna last longer but that's what that, that's something i really would recommend because that, that's something that popped in my head when you mentioned uh, post-apocalyptic uh genres and stories and comics yeah. that's dope man i like stuff like that to me because it's like there's already so many signs of post-apocalyptic like possibilities within our within our timeline as is so i mean most of those stories you know hit home so many times you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. for sure yeah absolutely and are there any any particular films uh not only in that genre but any particular films that kind of like pique your interest or something that you turn to like for inspiration or something that you just absolutely love i know you mentioned back to the future uh but were there others um shoot i mean to me like blade runner was really dope as a kid like i loved all of the concept designs by sid mead i thought that was absolutely incredible um you know fast forward a little bit i mean i'm a book of eli is one of my favorite movies i think amazing did and that was incredible yeah that was very good incredible because to me like uh it felt so real you know what i'm saying and just you know the power of that movie was pretty incredible um trying to think what else uh I mean, Dune's definitely something that um, is always an inspiration to create from when it comes to, like, sci-fi, you know, uh, desolate future time travel shit. Like, I just, Dune's really dope. Um, i trying to think what else that's really inspiring. Like I said, there's quite a few manga that I love, man. Like, manga and anime are my favorite, and I like 
mangas and animes that play with time travel ideas and you know mm-hmm. creatures and stuff like that so i um there's just so much man but i would say that uh yeah the, the even like de- deja vu with denzel washington that time travel aspect to me felt so realistic and i thought that was pretty cool because again he's trying to save these people from like a really a, a dark outcome you know that's happening in the future so it's not technically post-apocalyptic but it still feels like that weight of weight of it is there you know yeah yeah absolutely absolutely well i'm sorry dude. no oh, no Oh, no. Now, which uh, now do you draw any inspiration inspiration from other from writers that are outside of the uh, of the comic book world, like any like novel writers or film writers? Like Absolutely. I mean, I was uh, I was definitely a fan of Todd Tallahassee Coates before he got on the Black Panther. I love the stuff that he was doing. Um, shoot, uh, um, I'm trying to remember this guy's name. Um, he uh, wrote the Shogun. Um, uh, James something. Can't remember his name. Darn it. Um, yeah, I, I got a name that I can't remember. But um, uh, quite a few, man. I, I think for me, storytelling. I love uh, Paulo Coelho, which is uh, I, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but he's a Brazilian writer. Writes a lot of inspirational stuff, but his storytelling skills are incredibly powerful, and I think. As I read his stuff, I visualize what it looks like. Could it be look like as um, a comic book or, you know, illustrated form? And it was interesting because The Alchemist, one of my favorite books, they did illustrate that in a comic book form years after that book had been, you know, a massive success. So definitely that. Um, and I'm sure there's more. I just can't think of it right now. But, um, yeah, man, any big sci-fi writer I absolutely love. Uh, and is there any like? Do you see any bigger plans for Ultimus as far as like a an animated series on like YouTube or maybe even even on a mainstream front or or probably absolutely, a- man. I, I, that's like my favorite question because I mean I do get a lot of folks that. Uh, will come up to me at a con and will ask the question like, okay, when is Oakland going to be made into a movie or when is it going to be made into an animation or things like that. And like I said, I love those questions because that's always been the plan. But for me, I'm like a, I'm like a slow, steady pace type of wins the race type of guy. You know what I'm saying? Cause to me, comics is a longevity thing. You know what I mean? People who have been in the business 20, 30 years, you know, putting out great comics, you know, will be around forever. Their work will be around forever versus like, you know, just, you know, a flash in a pan and not doing it correctly. So, um, definitely, man, we're, we're working on finishing the Okamis arc and then we're already looking at, you know, animation, you know, opportunities and stuff like that. And again, just building the universe, man, because these the beautiful thing about Marvel and even DC, there's so much content that these people can pull from. I mean, there's great story after great story after great story. So it's easy for them to put out an animation or put out a movie and, you know, just because they've already got the content. So for me, creating more content and obviously building a big, better fan base and uh, bigger fan base and uh, bringing more people into what we're doing. So, yeah, man, I um, it's it's on the way. It's definitely coming within the next five years, absolutely, if not sooner. Yeah, yeah I can dig it. Yeah, and uh, and and also like, what kind of what uh, advice or like 
sage words of wisdom would you have for any budding uh, creators looking to either break into uh, the comics industry or even want to go the independent route? Um, absolutely, man. I mean, I appreciate you asking that. Uh, I would definitely say the biggest piece of advice I could give you is just to do your own thing, you know, to be true to the voice that you have, you know, in here, because we all have a story that we, you know, would want to tell. I mean, whether, whether you are a football player or you're a comic book artist or whether you're an MMA person, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're all artists in some way, shape, or form because, you know, sports can be an art form, you know what I'm saying? Boxing can be an art form. I mean, there's, there's art forms in everything that we do. So telling your story through art and painting, you know, using, you know, that canvas, whatever it may be, um, is really all up to your expression. So I would definitely say be true, you know, what your thoughts and ideas are. Definitely be persistent. You know, definitely uh, look at it. Look at look a no. Look at no's as an opportunity to grow and to learn some stuff, and not take it personally. Because the the interesting thing is, is that you know you get great individuals who who were told no so many times. I mean, how many times, you know, when I, when you you know did you know someone like uh, Tupac, you know, right when that cat was trying to get a record, you know, how many people said no to do? You know what I mean? And, like there's those type of things like this cat had a spark of greatness and people just weren't trying to hear it weren't trying to realize it at first and you know he had to literally you know start from the bottom and figure out his way in and i think that's really how it is with any great creator or any person that has greatness within them like just not everybody's going to see it immediately but you got to see it before everybody and you just have to you have to do kanye shit and just ego it all the way like Believe in yourself absolutely no matter what. Never doubt yourself and just push through. And um, I would say that uh, genuine personal interaction to me always trumps, you know, how many Facebook likes you have, you know what I'm saying, or how many followers you have on IG. Like, to me, that stuff isn't technically real, you know what I mean? Like, the interaction that you have one-on-one with a person at a convention or a signing that type of stuff people will for remember forever. You know what I'm saying? So be a real person when you're in person, and but also really care about the audience. You know what I'm saying? Care about the people that you're meeting, you know what I mean, in a, in a genuine way. And that's how you're always going to have repeat customers. You're always going to have people looking for you at every single show. Because, man, TJ Ray Comics, they were some real dudes, man. They were some real people. I, I like those guys doing Carl. He's a real dude. And see, like I said, when I met you, Carl, we had good good vibes from the jump. So, like, I never forgot about you. You never forgot about me. And that's how it started. Like, it was just that one time, like, we stayed within that sphere. You know what I mean? And that's that's all I guess I could say about it. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Uh, that's, yeah, that's all right. That's all right, guys. You got anything else good before we head out? <laughs> uh. Oh, oh, geez, man, I can't really think of think of anything. Well, actually, um, I, I don't know. I don't know if you've uh, probably probably answered this question uh, a bit early when I was when I was briefly out. Um, uh, who, who would you say are some of your favorite uh, uh, black creators, um, whether it's black writers or or just comic book artists um, in, in the industry or even filmmakers? Um, any anyone that absolutely. Um, shoot, I'm, I, I, I admire 
the hell out of like Ava Dunay, Ava Ava du, Duvernay. I don't, I'm yeah. not, no, I'm definitely not saying her last name right, but you know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, Ava Duvernay. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I admire her. I I love what she's doing. Um, again, I've been a huge fan of Brian Stelfreeze for years, man. Like he's one of my all-time favorite artists. Um, you know, shout out to my mentor, who is a DC Comics veteran over 20 years, Ryan Benjamin, um, guy from the Caribbean who you know draws like Jim Lee, but his own, you know, style and like, you know, to me is even, you know, on a whole nother level. Um, who else? Uh, Alethea Martinez, who was kicking the doors in and opening stuff for up for us, you know, back in the nineties, really doing, doing her thing. Um, incredibly talented female artist. Shoot. Um, uh, Regine Sawyer, who really holds it down for the women in comics. I definitely appreciate and admire what she's doing. Um, trying to think who else creator wise, uh, David Walker, man, David Walker's like, uh, what I would look like if I was mad successful and, you know, um, <laughs> you know, in comic books, like we, you know, we've seen similar type of energy, similar type of look, bald, light can do with beard, but David's um, one of the coolest guys, nicest guys out there. And, and he's constantly making power moves. So I'm very definitely inspired by him. Uh, brother John Jennings. Um, out there in California, uh, doing his thing. I'm trying to think who else um, that's really doing some amazing stuff. Uh, trying to think, uh, Che Grayson, uh, female writer, uh, screenplay. Uh, she's scribe. She's absolutely incredible when it comes to like getting her projects out there. So you got to look out for her. Um, trying to think, um, Vita Ayala, who's an incredible writer, does amazing stuff. So. So many really great people out there, man, in our community, and it's just a beautiful time to be a part of it. It's a really a blessing for sure. So, look out for those those people and check them out for sure. Okay, and who are some uh, who are some artists that artists or creators that you you would like to work with on a special project, maybe for Ray Comics or or one of their projects as well? Um, to be honest, man, like. I'm extremely, extremely excited to share the Tessina miniseries with you guys because, you know, it's my, it was my first opportunity to, you know, actually write kind of like a buddy cop, you know, comedy sci-fi type book. So it's my first foray into writing a, um, a comedy that has action and drama and suspense in it, but it's centered around like a very powerful black female character. And for that book, I had the opportunity to work with a lot of really great artists like i mean the cover artists that i have on that book are uh, are incredible now the only thing i can do is talk about it right now i can't really show any images because we're in production behind the scenes but i will tell you that about three issues are already done out of six behind the scenes and we're eventually going to be dropping those once okamus is done because her series picks up right after okamus is done mm-hmm. and um so I work with a lot of people that I've always wanted to work with on that series, but I guess if you're asking if I if like if I was collaborating one on one with another individual book wise, like man, um, I would definitely say I would love to work with Brian Stelfreeze on upon a title. Man, that'd be incredible. We could do something whether I write, he draws, or I don't know, whatever it would be. Like I'd want to work with that dude on something for sure. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I can definitely take it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, and, and any other any other uh, thoughts that you want to um, uh, throw out there uh, for, for for anybody? 
Yeah, man, I will definitely say that uh, it's super easy to find me online, guys. If you guys ever have any questions or if you want portfolio reviews or just curious if you know more information about how to get into business comics, um, you can easily find me um, on Instagram at TJ Sterling Art or at Ray Comics, R-A-E Comics. And uh, my website is probably the best place to get all of my content because we do have uh, digital comics, we have print comics, we have T-shirts, we've got art prints, we've got toys, and a whole lot more on the way. And uh, that's raycomics.com, R-A-E comics.com. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely, definitely my check My pleasure, out. guys. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll definitely check out uh, um, more, more of your work as, as well. That's, that's awesome. But yeah. Well, I'm already on. I'm already on the mailing list. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, there you go, Carl. You're ahead Carl, of the curve. Carl's caught up, man. <laughs> Carl's caught up. Yeah. 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 But, but support your local support indie artists. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm really glad. I'm really glad that you, you're into it, Carl. It means a lot, man. And like I said, I can't wait to just you know bring this thing full circle. It's all gonna make sense in a big way, and you're gonna be like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Like it's gonna. Yeah, I was gonna hit. Yeah, get on it. That's what I'm saying. Get on it, Vic. Yeah, I, I, w- I will. You know, I know my my schedule's been kind of ramped up in the in the de- in the demand and busyness department, but you know, I will find the time uh, to to check out your work for sure, man. I, I'm I'm absolutely intrigued. I I really do dig the concept a lot of Okamis. So so yeah, thank you so much for coming com- on the show and sharing it with us. My pleasure, guys. Thank you for having me. It's definitely a pleasure to just, you know, hang out with you guys and talk shop. And and hopefully we can do this again. I will definitely say, though, that um, just in parting, um, July 31st, I'm going to have a Kickstarter for Oakland's issue four. Obviously, you know, right now it's a really weird time for cons in general since there aren't any cons. So, like, businesses like myself, we're not actually making as much money as we used to because, you know, we just don't have any shows to sell our books at. So I'm going to be doing a Kickstarter to, you know, try to get more funding for Openness Issue for the Color Edition. I guarantee you, Carl, the Color Edition is going to be 10 times better than the black and white, which you have currently. Um, I'll get it, too. <laughs> give you, yeah, so you're, you're going to need it as part of the collection. But, um, yeah, man, like I said, um, I definitely, you know, we're going to need um, some funds and some support from you guys uh, to, you know, put bring this thing, you know, to a full circle and, get it printed in the hands of everybody and stoke the Kickstarter because we're going to have, you know, t-shirts, but we're also going to have uh, some toys available. We're going to have some hoodies. And then we're also going to, and one, you know, once we pass our stretch goal, I'm going to have, um, I'm going to start teasing more books. So you guys will be able to actually support larger pieces of the Ray Comics universe and stuff like that. So July 31st Kickstarter for our first Kickstarter uh, for Ray Comics, actually. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Be sure to send me the link because I'll be glad. I'll gladly like share amongst like all the groups and all, all the circles that I'm into just to get the name out there. Because you you create dope shit, and it needs to be out there. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Yeah, like you know, it's it, it's uh, I gotta hire more people because you know when you're writing, drawing, and then running the business, like it doesn't leave a whole lot of time to be on social media. Um, but at the same time, because I was looking at this, right, and it's like Brian Selfie's one of my favorite creators. Like, he doesn't have a personal page. A lot of artists don't have personal Facebook pages anymore because um, another artist who's incredible, I forgot to mention, Ray Anthony Hyde. 
who is one of the realest dudes in comics, man. He's a great individual. His book, Midnight Tiger, is absolutely incredible. And he's done lots of dope stuff for Marvel and other big companies. But he started out doing indie just like I'm doing. And he's a real dude. And But Ray Anthony will, I will tell you, like, he, you know, because he's always drawing and writing stories, it's like he disconnected himself from Facebook so he could just focus on the creation part and then, you know, going to cons and selling it. And then he had someone else handle the fan page stuff. So that's eventually where we're going to get, you know what I'm saying, where, you know, it, it's more of a exclusive experience like all these other artists. Like, because, you know, Alex Ross isn't on Facebook, you know what I'm saying? Brian Slippery's not on Facebook. All the big artists, not really on Facebook like that. Adam Hughes, not on Facebook. So, but how does the word get out? You know, the work. It's always the work. And people like you guys who share it and, you know, support, you know, hardcore. Yeah, definitely. I will definitely, and I will definitely be sure to do that, to uh, share it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm Carl Victor, I appreciate you guys, man, taking the time. It means a lot, and it's awesome talking with you. So, you know, hopefully we can do this again, you know, come July 3rd, 31st, we'll do a recap or something, you know what I'm saying? Well, we actually got some, uh, we like to do these uh, tournaments here and there, but I know we have a uh, Marble MCU Tournament. What's the uh, what's the best movie slash TV show from the Marvel Cinematic Universe? And I know Vic had a okay. couple of other tournaments coming up, so we can definitely have you on for those. Uh, those are a lot of fun. Like, a lot, a lot of other oh, yeah. uh, podcasters and just friends of the show. They love it. They love uh, joining on those. So we'll definitely have you on for the next one. I appreciate that, guys. It's been a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for having me, and um, look forward to you know rocking out and collabing further. You know what I mean? Definitely, awesome. definitely. Appreciate sure. you having. Appreciate you taking the time off to be on the show too. Right, Absolutely. Well, you guys take care, and uh, again, com, everybody. R A E Comics. Hopefully, we we'll see you soon. All right. All right definitely. Absolutely. All right, man. Yeah. Have a good one. You too. Later, guys. All right. Take care. Yeah. All right. All right. So that was so that was uh, T.J. Sterling, the creator of Okamus. You can check him out once again. Uh, RayComics.com. Also on Instagram uh, at T.J. Sterling Art. You, as you can see, Carl's showing off all the all the issues he's picked up. So so yeah, man, definitely definitely uh, check it out. Good conversation. Uh, if you want to know a little bit about the uh, the art of, of creating comics, writing, uh, just a little bit about the, the creative process, uh, definitely check out this episode later on. For those who have, uh, for those uh, latecomers to the show for this episode, do do watch, do rewind back, listen back to the whole thing. You'll be glad you did. Uh, All right. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's uh that's pretty much it. Um, anything else on your end, Carl? Any pardon pardon um, words? I've been busy. I've been busy. I ain't exhausted. Oh, I actually beat that Power Rangers uh, Battle of the Great Game. That was actually pretty fun. Okay, nice. All right. Yeah, like I'm still speaking of video games. I'm still playing Control uh, for the PS4. So that's been that's been really cool. That's what I recommend. Um, I think right now it it. It might still be on sale, but usually, normally, it's like sixty bucks. But I got it for like half the price. Actually, no, I got. Actually, no, I got it for like twenty, so even better. <laughs> but it's, that that was really good. Um, also, speaking of video games, I know on the seventeenth comes Ghosts Ghosts of Tsushima. That's gonna be the big 
the big PS4 exclusive coming out. Yeah, yeah, we've been waiting for that one for a while, too. Yeah. Um, yep, and also, what else, what else? Oh, also on the professional wrestling front, um, this Saturday, uh, July 11th, the New Japan Cup Finals uh, taking place in Osaka, Japan. Um, New, that's going to be the first uh, New Japan uh, event uh, since February to actually have an audience, albeit a re- in reduced capacity. Uh, we're going to see the finals of that tournament. Uh, no spoilers for for those who don't know who will be the final two right. competitors. Uh, but it has been a pretty interesting tournament. Um, a lot of uh, several results that have broken many brackets. So for those who have bet money on certain certain people, you probably are, are a little salty right now. But definitely check <laughs> <laughs> but definitely check out uh, the New Japan Cup finals uh, this Saturday Saturday the 11th on NewJapanProWrestlingWorld.com uh, for those who have a subscription. Wow, I completely forgot all about that. Like, I remember when they first announced it, but I haven't. I didn't even like hear much of it. This is pretty, pretty much been WWE and AEW that's just been on my radar lately. So, mm. but um, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, plenty, plenty of, plenty of stuff to to get into. And squeezing in, squeezing in uh, between all the, all the work, workity work, work, and whatnot. <laughs> yep. yeah. I need a vacation. I, I, I came to the, I came to the conclusion. I'm like, I really just, I need a vacation. <laughs> like I did, I did just have two, three day weekends, but I'm like, I this just ain't enough. Like I need an actual like vacation. Oh it's yeah. It's just kind of hard to take a take a real one right now. So. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, yeah, especially with this, with the current pandemic, and Europe has pretty much banned America because we we don't have our act together with this whole COVID pretty thing. Much. So, yeah, unless unless you want a vacation um, in Flo- Florida, don't do it. You, you might as, you, uh-huh. you, you, you're pretty uh-huh. much you pretty much got a staycation as far as, as far as you're concerned. <laughs> Yeah, man, I can do that. I can do that, but then you know me. Like last time I did that, I freaking lost my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so used to going out and doing stuff, and then I was just like, yeah, I did that. Like, I was about to, I remember talking about it more recently. It was just like, yo, why don't you just, you're on a vacation. What'd you do? I went to Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> the magical land of the Whopper. Haven't you yeah. heard of it? <laughs> uh, I guess, yeah. But, yeah, um, let's, yeah, let's uh, sign off. Um, you can find us, uh, I think, between it. You can find us on all social media platforms, obviously Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Twitch, um, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch. YouTube, so uh, yeah. select episodes on YouTube, uh, um, iTunes, you can leave us a five-star review, SoundCloud, Google Play, and I believe we're on Stitcher as well. I think so, maybe? Yeah, and Spotify. Yep, definitely Spotify. Spotify definitely. Yeah, if you if you got that Spotify, do give us a, a subscription, man. Yeah, but but yeah, that's uh that about wraps it up uh, for this week of the Codex Prime podcast. Um, once again, a big thanks to uh, T.J. Sterling for for joining us uh, for tonight's episode. Um, also, uh, do check us out next week. Uh, I know in the next few weeks uh, we'll we'll have some some tournament action going. Um, just to give a heads up to everybody, I know on my end, my work schedule might be a little kind of, kind of in flux as far as hours go. So, um, if we do have the podcast, it may, 
just to, and also just to let you know, Carl, uh, we might have to start just a little bit later than than normally, at least for the next couple weeks. Um, but but we'll but we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to okay. it. Yeah, but uh, yeah. but definitely for all for all of our listeners, you can just tune in every Tuesday. We're around seven ish. <laughs> That's the best time you can say. So whenever you get the no- whenever you get the notification that says yep. we're live. <laughs> yep. You know, and uh, and and as you and as you know, um, you know, Codex Prime is the future, and as Eddie Ortiz would say, the future is iconic. iconic. Shoutouts to Billy Kay. Wasn't that great? <laughs> that... Wasn't that great? Oh, I I was I was laughing my ass off when I saw that, and just the the silence, just the silence of Eddie the Angry Fan. That that was priceless, man. But the first part was when you first mentioned. Billy Kane, and you just see Kyle just do the Grinch, the, the Grinch smile. Yeah. That evil, <laughs> smile. And I, dude, I watched that clip like 12 times since then. Hey man, yeah that that was that was completely unexpected, but that was well a welcome surprise. Well played. <laughs> well played. Shout man. out to our UWO brother. Oh yeah, and you can also check out the UWO uh, every Sunday, uh, where they where they chop it up on all things wrestling, and uh, they watch Raw and SmackDown, so you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, well, let's let's get on out of here. So as always, uh, you can catch us uh, here, here, there, everywhere, and as always, we will catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds. Later.